Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Commitment Matters. We're pleased to have one of your favorite guests back with us. Bill Savota joins us today, and we take on a topic that might surprise you a bit. You see, Bill has been experimenting with how allowing his brain to have some unleashed creative time, he's actually also generating new ideas and excitement in his work life. And I think it's a great conversation for us to think about because in the title industry, we tend to not exactly focus on creative time, mental playtime, or unstructured daydreaming time. Yet, Bill makes a pretty compelling case of why we might want to rethink that. So listeners, please enjoy this free-ranging discussion of some topics we don't often cover. And be sure to check out the show notes for visuals of some of the things Bill references in this episode. And there's also a link to his personal website where you can see more of Bill's creative pursuits. And hopefully Bill's thoughts will encourage you to make a little fun along the way. And now, enjoy the bright, the infectious, the enthusiastic and fun, Mr. Bill Svoboda. Well, Bill, welcome back to Commitment Matters. You're one of our most popular guests, so we're thrilled to have you back today. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a huge honor to say I'm one of the most popular. Like that's that's a real honor, actually. I wonder what people say. <laughs> they they loved it. Some people are going back and listening multiple times, and so I think we might throw them for an interesting little curveball today because you're not necessarily here to talk about how to make the processing of title and settlement more efficient. You've been playing around in maybe the other side of your brain and kind of focusing on the artistry of what we do. Set a foundation for us on that. What does that mean? Years ago, when I was little, I always loved drawing. I don't know what it is for you, Mary, like what your hobby is, but I was always drawing. In high school, always drawing. Elementary school, middle school, my notebooks were filled with drawing. And as I've gotten into business, you know, with Close Simple, it's busy. It's always busy. We live in a busy industry. And there was this part of me, though, that just wanted out of just the nine to five, busy, busy, busy. I needed something to get my brain going in a different direction. And I kind of just tapped into that side of me again from when I was a little kid, high school, and just started drawing. And I realized as I was doing that, that new parts of me came out. You know, close, simple, we were crushing it, helping our customers. It was busy in the business, but when I gave time to myself to actually be creative outside of my company, doing nothing related to my business, that's when I got the best ideas for the business also. That's when I had the biggest breakthroughs. And I, I kind of got into this journey then of what if other people tapped into that as well? The creative side, really. This industry is all about consistency, but what about the creative side? And that's really kind of the genesis of probably what we'll talk about today. Well, I think it's fantastic. I used to be guilty. You know, I was a closer with a full book of business and a closing manager. And when I interviewed people, I often talked about there's definitely a science to this, but there's also an art to it. And if anybody that's ever tried to hire an escrow closer, you know what you mean by that, but it's hard to describe it. But there is a little bit of flair, a little creativity that can come in. But you're right. We don't think about that enough. And we we get so in our box, I think, of just getting done what has to be done today. Or when we think about ways to increase revenue or, you know, dec- you know all those things that you typically think about, we tend to kind of go to our recipe drawer of things that 
we have had success with previously. And it sounds like you're saying that might be a little short-sighted. So I'd like for you to talk about that. And I'd also like, if you would, for you to mention, why do you think letting your mind get busy with creativity opens up avenues in some projects that require more linear thinking? Yeah. I don't know how it is for you, but I get the best ideas when I'm in the shower. I get the best ideas when I'm on a drive. I get the best ideas when I'm working out. Now, I hate working out, but I do it. I fit it in my schedule. And my brain just goes. You get these ideas and you have your notepad there, like you're on your phone, notes, boom, I text myself, I email myself ideas. And I'm like, why can't I think of that when I'm in the office? I actually heard about a study once that was done about creativity. And when you have a ceiling over you, meaning like your office or even your home in some ways, you're less creative. But when you get out, outside of a ceiling on top of your head, your creativity goes. Again, that was just one random study I heard about, but I actually, I was having dinner with a guy, Marvin Stone. We all know Marvin. He's at Stewart and legend in the industry, you know. And I was having dinner with him at a conference last year, and he said something to me at dinner that just blew me away. And it was just off the cuff. But apparently Marvin's wife is a psychologist. And he goes, Bill, did you know that when you go through the motions every single day doing the same exact thing over and over and over, your brain tells itself that it doesn't need to grow anymore. So when change hits us, our brain doesn't know what to do because all of a sudden it has to flex. And you know, I think we've heard these things about our brain as a muscle. But I'd never thought about how stretching it can be if we could step outside of our normal mundane, do this, 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 the consistency factor of what we get hired for. What if we could tap in and have our brain expand a little more? We always think about our brain expand, like read, that helps your brain, you know what I mean? Do these type of things or puzzles. But what if we could just do that by tapping into the creative side of our brain instead of just, I'm going to do something to stretch my brain. And that's what got me on this journey then. I was like, Marvin, that sounds like a talk idea. I need to do this. Like, let me do some research. So how'd you get started? I got started by just going online and going like, talk about the brain size. Let's, let's figure out, does your brain grow? Does your brain actually stay the same size? As you're growing older, how does it work? And what I started realizing was, for instance, Mary, I live in Minnesota here. We have snow on the ground, right? Now, if I'm going to walk a mile through the snow, and what's the way that I'm going to do it? If, I'm, if I walk, I'm going to take those first few steps, and I'm going to go that mile. Now, if I have to walk back to where I started, what am I going to do again? I'm going to walk in those same footprints. I'm going to find those footprints. Why? There's a path of least resistance there. I'm not going to go outside of those footprints. Why? Because it's more work. That's exactly what our brain does when we're faced with a challenge. So our brain goes to go from A to B, to go to X to Z, X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D. It wants to go as fast as physically possible from problem solution. So in the sense of walking through the snow, it goes, I'm going to walk through those tracks that are already there. Why? because it's less work. Our brain is just like us. Do I want to work out tonight? Absolutely not. I want the path of least resistance. Same thing with our brain. So let's take that to our jobs. You know, in this industry, we get paid 
you know, we get compensated, everybody listening to this podcast, to do our jobs, to close a file. In your role, Mary, it's to run a software company, to do what you do. You get rewarded for that. You get paid for your time. You get paid to go from A to Z, A, B, C, and then X, Y, Z. Your brain goes, how do I do this with least resistance? But we get rewarded or incentivized for growth. Think of where your career has gone, not because you just do your job. You get rewarded based on thinking outside of the box. And how do I go from A to Z quicker? How could RamQuest do this more? That's why you guys invented Horizon. That's why you have Ready to Close, because you're thinking there has to be a better way. It's creativity. But our industry has this tension between consistency and creativity that really became the subject you know, that I d- dug into. Well, that's such a good point because being at our heart an insurance industry, it's about mitigating risk, eliminating risk to the highest degree possible. And that is a very structured mindset. Well, in fact, you know, if you thought about it traditionally, you go, well, at least on the title side, where we allow creativity is imagining what could go wrong if I don't make this requirement. And it's it's very kind of limited thinking, right? I will say on the on the escrow side, you can play a little bit more with hospitality, with, you know, how you're greeting people at closing. There's a little bit more to that, but I'm fascinated at the thought of if you really allow yourself to play, your mind to play a little bit, it opens up and you start finding some new ways to maybe balance that equation of we're really just trying to mitigate loss here, which isn't fun. It's not exciting. Yeah, let me give you an example of this because, you know, I started by saying that I draw. I love drawing. One of my pictures is there. It's all on my website, billsvoboda.com. I have a ton of stuff. Like I did these pictures of Bob Ross and Steve Jobs. Oh, I love it. Skylines. Yeah, (laughs) so that. But as I started digging into this, after that dinner with Marvin, I started researching creativity, especially in drawing. Because I was looking for these connections between a nine to five job, or for me, I'm a business owner. It's not nine to five, it's nine to whatever. It's six to whatever, you know, 6 a.m. And I got I got watching these YouTube videos. There was this one that stuck out to me about this artist. And he was talking about how the best artists in the world, think of the people who illustrate for Marvel or DC Comics, you know, If they don't stay creative, they actually hit a ceiling of their creativity. So the question is, how do they stay creative? And basically, the most meaningless exercise in the world helps the most powerful or the most creative people stay creative. So this was the example. He said, if your tasks, as an example, like let's say the guy who does Superman, if his whole life is dedicated to drawing Superman, Eventually, he's not thinking about what should Superman do next, like how should Superman look next, the evolution of Superman's muscles or his outfit. He's just going to keep drawing Superman the same way, again, going from A to Z. But the most creative people in the world, what they do is they do this thing, and I just call it like free transform drawing, where you just let your mind go and you just let your pen do whatever you do with creative shapes. No rhyme, no reason to it. You just start at this point up here and go, I'm just going to draw there's no right, there's no wrong. Because our entire life, put put yourself in the Superman guy's uh, shoes. His whole life, he's graded on drawing the best Superman, right? It's good, it's bad. That's how he's graded, that's how he's compensated. For him to stay sharp, he has to explore what it feels like to have a line go like this and then 
align through it. He has to let his brain go. So what I realized in my job, I just started, whenever I'm starting to feel stressed, I just started doing little circles and then let those circles kind of go from where it goes. And all of a sudden I started going like, oh, okay, instead of circles, I'm going to do these little squigglies. And I'm showing you on the podcast, you know, on the Zoom, what it, what it looks like. But it just goes from whatever my mind feels like. So how do we apply that to our industry, a title or to whoever's watching this? I love looking for inspiration in other avenues. When I go shopping, I don't know, where's your favorite place to shop, Mary? Like, where do you like going? Are you an online shopper or what do you do? Oh, listen, I've just been to Mecca. Now, this is what's coming up in my mind first, because I've just been to the Mecca grocery store. There's a new H-E-B in Plano, Texas that will, I mean, it should be a destination. Like pioneers should wagon train it over there because it's it's amazing. And it and it's everything and it's creative. And I don't know if you met groceries, but that's the one that came to my mind. Hey, whatever comes to mind, I've been to an H-E-B before also. And everybody in Texas, they know what you're talking about. It is awesome. It is an experience. Here's where I want to go with this. Let's take that idea of the Superman guy drawing. Okay, for him to continue drawing Superman the best and make it the best possible experience for the reader, his brain needs to be expanded. He needs to let himself just doodle. Okay, he doesn't need to draw Superman more. He doesn't need to draw more characters. He just needs to go. I think in business, I get the best inspiration when I'm not thinking, how can I make clothes simple better? How can I do this or that or that? I'm too in the weeds. But I'll go to a place like Nordstrom and I'll go shopping. I'll go, oh, that's really interesting how their signs are. They clearly communicate the process better than Macy's. I'll use H-E-B. My brother lives down in Texas and there's these chips down there. Oh, Mary, they're the best. Like these little tortilla chips <laughs> and they have like some spicy seasoning on it. Mm -hmm. Like my family will visit my brother and we bring them back in our bag up here to Minnesota. But all of a sudden, my mind is open to something new and I go, how could I apply that to my grocery store? Why don't they have this? And I start just going, if only, if only, if only I could make seasoning like that. I wish my tortilla chips were that crispy. And you start going, what if, what if, what if? And the what if is really the journey. It's the same thing with drawing. It's going, I'm going to stop drawing Superman and I'm going to just let my mind go. And what if I did this? What if I, and before you know it, you start coming up with these things. So in our industry, that could literally be an escrow officer, processor, closer, whatever role, salesperson. Just stop thinking about title and going, what do I like about my favorite store that I always go to? Wow, why do I like Jeep as a brand? Why do I like staying at a Holiday Inn Express or a Ritz-Carlton or a fill-in-the-blank? What do I like about it and how can I apply that now to my business? I think that's really the opportunity for us because we're not going to get the next idea by looking at the next title company down the street. We're just not going to. We might copy what they're doing, but the world is looking for new. And other industries, other places, that's where we get our inspiration. Well, and I would imagine that when you get that stroke of inspiration, and, and I would imagine it's probably easiest to start by thinking about, as you said, what's my experience of the places that I love? And why do I love that experience? And then what is some something corollary? I think experience is a good place to start with. You can make an experience different for your customers pretty easily. When you get more down into process things, and I'm not saying that those aren't 
rife for creativity as well. But those are probably more your 201 and 301 level tasks to think about in a creative way. Uh, but certainly the experience a customer has when they interact with you or walk in your door is is kind of a fun, I would imagine, first place to not think about. <laughs> because the, that's part of the trick too, right? Is not thinking about it head on. Yeah, not thinking about, not going, I'm going to think about customer experience now, but going, what do I like? Let's just talk about what I like. And, you know, I get brought into a lot of companies now. I do a lot of speaking in the industry, and that's one of the biggest questions I ask. Talk about the favorite places you go to and what do you like about them? It's crazy the power behind that one question because we think about our business and we're siloed. We go, well, we do it better than that company. That's how we always do this. Like we do it better than them or I'll use this as an example. You know, like with Close Simple, we have like that pizza tracker visual timeline. You know, we we love communicating proactively. Like that's the word that we say. And it, I marvel at how many of our clients, how many customers actually tell us on a phone call or we meet them. I'm sure you have this too with RamQuest. People will come and they go, oh, we've been talking about this in our boardroom for so long. You know, for us, it's that pizza tracker. They go, we've drawn this on the wall so often. And my saying is like, if a, if a customer can track their $10 Domino's pizza, why shouldn't they know the status of their $500,000 home closing? Did we ever come up with this by thinking, how does title communicate better? Not really. Really, it was just this little insight from outside a title. We had one title company that used us, and what they loved was they wanted a remarkable closing experience, something that was totally different. So they realized that they could not buy a realtor or anything. You know, there's laws, there's all these things that tie our hands. But they thought, how do we make it more remarkable for our customers? And how do we make realtors love referring us? You know, how do we make it a real value add? How do we make this something that's different? They came up with the idea of once closing is scheduled, what if we sent a link to that customer in an email that's automated out of their system saying, hey, on closing day, there's a lot of stressful stuff that can happen. We want to take one stress out. So we'd love to have a box lunch for you from Panera. Click this link, select what you'd like. Yeah. Boom. And if you don't click the link, we're going to have brownies, cookies, and coffee waiting. But if they click the link, it went to their website where they had an admin every day who checked the responses of what the closings were going to be for that day or the following. And they would order turkey sandwiches, bread bowl, soups, whatever it was. And it made the experience talk worthy, remarkable. Why would I talk about my closing? Because I got to order this. Yeah, because I ran out of work to do my refinance. I took my lunch hour, even if it was at three o'clock, and I've had to rearrange my schedule for that. And and that's just for a refi. On a purchase, when all your stuff's in a box and, you know, it's a huge thing. It's amazing. And it says, we proactively thought about you and your needs and have met needs that you didn't even articulate to us that you had. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm working on this short little ebook. I think the key to winning in 2023 is short. It's got to be fast. That's why we live on TikTok. You know, even if you're not on TikTok, you see TikToks on your Instagram and Facebook. People repost them. We have a short attention span. I'm working on this short little ebook that I'm going to have as a download at RamQuest User Group. It's called Create or Die. Create or Die, The Rise and Fall of Creativity in the market. And real, I'm still working on kind of that sub name, but 
create or die, the rise and fall of creativity in a saturated market or something along that lines. But why is it important to keep creating? You know, you look at a company like Apple and what do we critique Apple on nowadays that they're not coming up with anything new? It's just the same product. You know, you have your iPhone. Every year you have to buy a new iPhone. Is it really better? Remember when Apple first came out with the iPhone and right. then they came out with the iPad and yeah. then the iWatch and you're like, Minds Dang, were blown. Yeah. Minds were blown. But there is actually a method to creativity. And so that's what I want to talk a little about in that little ebook. I'll give it away during my session and stuff. I don't know. I might print some copies too, but create or die. I think like our success in business is on how much we lean into creativity versus how much we rely on consistency. Well, and I would imagine too that once an individual starts thinking that way, again, let's take somebody in our business that, you know, this job is never by rote because every file is different, but still, you know, the magic to get it to happen. And especially when we've been through a market like we've been through the past few years, uh, it can start to feel like monotony. It can start to feel a little bit like treachery and drudgery. And I would imagine that when you started kind of letting your mind play a little bit, being creative and, and artistic, that you also got some zhuzh back, some some excitement, some enthusiasm. Yep. You get a note on your iPhone that you're like keeping track of ideas and you're like, ooh, that would be cool. That would be cool. Oh, what could we do for our customers? What could we do for our team? All of a sudden, your mind starts just connecting new dots. It makes new patterns in the snow and it changes where you're going. All right. Now, Bill, I have to ask a, a little bit of a technical question here because you said you always drew in school and that was kind of your thing. Some of us can't draw a stick figure that would be recognizable. So I, I don't want anybody to hear this and think, oh, I'm not an artist. I don't draw. So what does this mean for me? You know, when the adult coloring craze was going on there a few years ago, I found that that just sitting down, it was almost meditative, and it, but my mind would just sort of wander, and I'd come up with great ideas, many of which I implemented. So it, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to have a natural ability to draw, I hope. No, no, it doesn't relate to drawing alone. Like I, you know, I speak around the industry, and I talk about if, if your passion was cooking, cook. Like just set aside time to be cooking, to think about recipes. If your passion is going for drives with a coffee in your hand, maybe think about a new place to explore, but have something to look forward to outside of your nine to five. And what you'll realize is that's when you just come alive. That's when you come alive and something new births inside of you. It might not be a breakthrough in your job. It might just be you might have a new thought about, man, I need to treat my wife better. I need to treat my husband better. I need to plan date nights more often. Whatever it is for you, we silo ourselves in this industry so often at title conferences with us talking about the industry, the industry, the industry. But I talk about this in one of my talks. How, like there's eight different aspects of you and me. There's definitely work is one of our core parts, but there's also the emotional health. There's the spiritual health, environmental health. Like even think about your office, like where you're working right now. I don't know if you're working from home or where you're at right now, but you set it up environmentally so you can be creative. We want to have a window by us. There's environmental health, even our consciousness with the earth, like how we take care of what's around us. But there's also relational health. There's that aspect of us, you, me, how our relationships are, how, how healthy we are there. Because that, when these eight areas, and I could email you like in the show notes or whatever, kind of a little diagram, but 
really going, when these eight areas are all working together, that's when the ideas come. It's not when you're just focused on work or just focused on your financial health or just focused on your relational health. When only one of those or two of those eight things are going, nothing else. Think of an old school water bucket, Mary, like those old wooden ones. And they had a a metal thing around it, you know, kind of like a harness or whatever. If you had eight wood planks held together by those uh, metal things, the eight pieces, you can hold a lot of water if those eight pieces are all the same height. But if, let's say, one of them is way down here and seven of them are way high, it doesn't matter. You can only you can only carry so much water. It's only as high as your lowest wood knob on that water bucket. Same thing in our lives. Like, you might not need the breakthrough in your job. You might need it in relationship or spirituality or your emotional health. You might need to go like, man, I'm always stressed. And then you just start digging, like, what could I do? I downloaded Headspace, Mary, and Headspace is amazing. Just a little meditation app. It's just 10 minutes out of the morning, and it just helps me get set on being right here, not in my head. Well, and to your point, we we get so in the yoke of our work because of the pace and the precision required for it. And then that is exacerbated by when we're out in the world and we're trying to talk about our job, nobody understands or frankly cares much at the time. That tends to isolate us a little bit more. And you're reminding me last summer, the Women's Leadership Conference, one of the big topics that that the audience really wanted people to speak about was the work-life balance dilemma, which is the, I think the shorthand, I don't love that phrase, but that was the shorthand for talking about exactly what you're talking about here. And I spoke about I'm not trying to find work-life balance. I'm trying to integrate the parts of me that used to be very siloed. I'd have modes that I'd move back and forth in between. But real balance is about integrating all those aspects. And to your point, I think that's when real horsepower gets harnessed and then then you can really go. You're, you're nodding, yes, you're finding this too. So there's these eight things. So I'm just going to go through them. Physical, social, spiritual, environmental, intellectual, emotional, financial, and then occupational. The reality is, though, a lot of us focus on that last one, the eighth, occupational. So these are eight areas of, we could call it self-care as a buzz, buzzword. But to your point, Mary, I'm going to show you this. There we are. There are those eight things all around us. We are the happiest, healthiest, most creative, most fulfilled when each of those areas are full. Not when we live in just our occupational bubble. I call them dapples. It's kind of a fun word. I just came up with that. I was working on a speech once. I hope we can show this picture somehow, you know. But I was working on a speech once and I drew that and I thought, gosh, when I'm working in my best, forget close simple, forget working at XYZ title. When Bill Svoboda is the best, when Mary Schuster is her best, it's because those eight areas are even. They might not all be perfect, but each of them are moving up, you know, and I can house more water in that bucket. And I thought about it and I was like, I'm a force of nature when I'm that way. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's in the zone. Oh, yeah. Yep. You're in the zone, the flow zone. And I thought about it. I'm like, what's a visual of that? And, you know, force of nature was in my head. So connect the dots. And it was literally like my mind went to a Doppler radar for some reason. You know, in the in the newsroom, like you watch the news and you see like the, the weather going from left on the screen to the right and it's like boom, boom, boom. And I was like, how do we get a Doppler radar 
how do we get that image? Like, what does it look like? So the internet's great. I just Google, like, how does a Doppler radar work? And what it turns out is Doppler radars are made of these little things called Dopplers. They're all over the country, and they're just big circles. They're huge circles. And what a Doppler radar does is it sends a signal out, and then it sends a signal back, and it times the whole thing. Now, as opposed to a radar, which just goes out. So a Doppler radar actually senses motion and direction. Okay. And I thought about it. I'm like, dang, when I'm in my flow zone, in the zone, creative, my dopplers, you know, those dopples that are all around those eight areas, they're all firing on all cylinders and they're overlapping. Relationship is overlapping with job. They ping each other and, and signal back to each other and you get this holistic situation. And it's this huge thing, and it's just this mass of overlapping circles. And I was like, that's what it feels like. You feel invincible. And that's really what it turned into for me. I was like, that's what it feels like to be in the flow zone. And I'll show you a little, I'll show you on my thing here. And again, hopefully we can show this kind of in the show notes, but like there's a Doppler radar, you know, and you would see it moving across the, the thing. And then I'm going to show you what a Doppler looks like. It's just a, like a big radar signal thing with a circle on top. Huge ball. That's a Doppler. That's a dapple, I call it. But I'm going to show you what it looks like once we start focusing on our dapples. Here we are in work mode, you know, work, everything. It's just that focus. Now we start making circles around those other areas. Just one little step out, just one little thing. Before you know it, though, they start connecting, 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 and it becomes just this force of nature. A Doppler. That's a good Like analogy. you become that storm. Yeah. Yeah. I like it, that. I, I thought it's helpful because I, I, I don't want to tell people be more creative in your title or escrow company. Be more creative in your whatever you do. Like be just step outside your comfort zone in these other areas and everything touches. Well, yes. And, and I think just sort of keeping that balance isn't obviously possible all the time. Something's going to happen in one of those eight areas that is going to throw something off balance. You're going to need to go tend to this more at one time or another. But when, if you can keep that at, in your mindset of, I'm always trying to get back to integrated. I'm always trying to get back to integrated because there is a magnifying effect when I, when I do. And it, it can really take you, mindset is, is a lot of it. And, but it's, I think the, the inspiration that comes from the into those things being integrated, that almost has to come first. And then you can figure out how to apply it. You can't beat your mind up into, I need to be more creative for my title company or areas two and six. I need to get my S together on that. But then once you start figuring out how to do that, you start to get some resonance. Things start to harmonize. And then you're, you're walking a little differently. You're smiling a little bit more. You're, and then you're, and you're thinking a little bit differently at some point. Yeah, because your best ideas are going to come not when you're just in the middle of working on a file. It's going to come when you're at Nordstrom shopping or when you're at Chick-fil-A getting a sandwich or you're like, wow, I love how they said, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. You're like, dang, I could say that. And that's not a huge epiphany in business saying that. But when they started, that was huge. I was reading the book Excellent Wins by the guy who started or the owner or whatever of the Ritz-Carlton. I forget his name off the top of my head. Amazing book. Excellent wins. Every single title company in America should read that book as a staff book study. 
It's amazing. And he talks about how he was consulting with the Chick-fil-A company, you know, as Chick-fil-A was kind of getting their groove and because they really respected what the Ritz was doing. And my pleasure became something that this guy goes, that you need to double down on that. That right there is your differentiator. And I think for title and escrow companies, what we need to start doing is looking at the differentiators in our business. So let's get off this creative thing right now. You know, like, let's just take a pause on how to be creative. What I want to talk about is how to differentiate right now. Cause I think that's the core of like, why are people tuning into this thing? And they're not wanting to hear, how can I be more creative? Like they're looking at how do I apply this to my business now? Right. You got to have some takeaway if this is going to be an industry podcast. I have this thing, I call it the Michael Jordan principle. Okay. The Michael Jordan principle, Mary, if you were going to challenge Michael Jordan to one game, what's the one game you would never challenge him to if you wanted to have a fighting chance of winning? The one that he's a goat of, you bet. Basketball. You would never challenge him to basketball. Nope. I wouldn't challenge him to anything involving any ball of any type, actually, like golf, football. He'd probably whoop. That's fair. I would would say like I challenge... (laughs) Checkers. Yeah. I mean, he might even beat me in checkers. Who knows? Sewing. We're going to challenge him to like knitting or something stupid. But the point is, if we want to challenge Michael Jordan, we're never going to go on his home field. We're never going to go on his home court. We're never going to go, okay, let's play pickup basketball now. 21. First to 21 wins. He's going to cream me. Yet, that's what we do in our industry often. We go... I'm going to play against XYZ title. I'm going to do this. I'm just going to do it one better. Instead, my challenge, Michael Jordan principle, is you go, XYZ title is my competition. Let's change the game completely. What should I never challenge them on? And you start going, what do they do great? What do we do great? And you start just doing a T-graph. And this is what I love walking companies through, actually. It's a simple T-graph. Left side is competitor. Right side of it is you. And I even love, if I have the time to do it with a company, doing an exercise where I break that title company escrow staff into two groups. One is XYZ title, the competition, and the other half is your title company. And I say, now take five minutes and brainstorm. What does this company do best? Why do people choose XYZ title over you? Okay. Then for you, I go, why do people choose you over XYZ title? Then you come back after five minutes and you look at the whiteboard and you go, oh, we do this, we do this. They're saying the same thing. They close on time, accurate. They have 20 locations. They've been around for 40 years. Okay. So let's just cross those things off. And I go, what else are they saying? Why else would a realtor choose them or a lender? Why would they get a referral? And you start going, well, maybe it's because their receptionist does this when you walk through the door, or maybe it's because they're parking lots or this or that. And you go, then you look at your side and you go, why do people choose us? And you go, well, parking lots isn't, we don't have good parking lots. In fact, you have to walk a block. You start looking and going, that's what they do best. And then you start going, what do we do though? If we actually thought about what we do, take on time, accurate 20 locations, been around for 50 years off the table. What do we do? I had one title company I was doing this with, and they were talking to me just off the cuff. They were like, well, we have attorneys. You know, we have a full staff of attorneys, been here how many years? And we have this open door policy with our attorneys. And I go, do your realtors know that you have the attorney open door policy? And they go, no. I mean, every title company kind of has it. And I go, but does any title company market that they have an open door policy with their attorneys that their escrow team can walk in to solve a problem fast? They go, nobody talks about that. And I go, that's it. We got to change the game. 
Stop talking about your 20 locations. Start talking about your open door policies so your questions get answered. And it was like a light bulb went off in their head. It was like, yeah, we're talking about title. They're talking about title. The realtor wants their solution fixed fast. We got a staff of 20 attorneys or whatever. Yeah, you got to do it different. You can't us too everything. Oh, us too, us too, because then it's, it is not unique. It is not a differentiator at all. And the other thing I think people mistake is they assume all things will remain constant and they never do. So when you, you know, when you sort of pick your lane and you say, well, nobody's in this lane, we're going to go over there. By golly, you'll see people following you, which gets interesting. But, you know, going back to your Chick-fil-A example. So when everybody in the whole world, I'm old enough to remember when you thanked a service provider for something and the response was, you're welcome. And when Chick-fil-A plussed it up to my pleasure, which I still remember the first time I heard it, I just went, well, this is great. I mean, this is great. But the rest of the market didn't really stick a lot of them with your welcome. They slipped down to no problem. And that is one of the my biggest pet peeves. I want to just thank you for telling me my business is not a problem. Like it just peeves me out. But my point is they rose up. Many places didn't stay at that level that used to be with your welcome. A lot of them dropped down to no problem. Well, then they've just super won. They've won a bigger delta, a bigger gap than they had when they started it. Well, we're in the midst right now, Mary, of probably one of the biggest opportunities in our lifespan. We look back at, we mentioned Apple, you know, when the iPhone came out, remember how crazy it was with the app store? How many apps did you download? You just, cause you, you know, I forget what phone I had before my iPhone and I wanted to get an iPhone just so I could get the apps. You know, I wanted that app and that app and that app and apps became a hot thing. You know, 10 years ago, Digital currency became a hot thing. There are all these trends, if you look back over the last 20 years, of technological breakthroughs. You know, even the fact that we could do a Google search and it'll pull in results. Think of what that you could have done with that when you were in high school, college. You know what I mean? If I would have had that same ability, gosh, we're on the precipice of this huge opportunity now with AI, where if you think about it, if you can lean into AI, AI is one of the biggest things that we could utilize for creativity if we lean in and don't rely on AI to be creative for us, but ask it the right questions. See, this is the big, this is the big downfall. People look at AI as it's going to replace our jobs. It's going to do this or that for me. I can just ask it. Write me a 3,000-page book on this. No, it's not good. It gives you cliche answers, just like somebody who goes through the motions of whatever. We don't look at these things as our savior. Like Google is not our savior to find facts. Some of those things we need to dig through and go, that's not good. AI though, if, if you've played with chat GPT, have you played with that? I have. Yeah. It's kind of trippy. It is, but you're only as good as the question you ask, which is reminiscent of years ago. It's you're only as good as the questions you ask. And that's where we're at right now in the title and escrow industry. I mean, challenge any title person. You know, if I hopped on chat GPT right now, I probably wouldn't be able to log in because we're doing this midday, but I could go, what are 10 ideas for customer experience that a title or escrow company could use to interact with realtors. Now, it might not give me the 10 best, but it'll give me one, two, three ideas. And what it's doing is it's pulling in. The better question would be to say this, 
give me 10 customer experience ideas that my title company could utilize looking at companies like Chick-fil-A, Nordstrom, the Four Seasons. And it's going to go, oh, here are four things that the Four Seasons does. Here are four things Chick-fil-A does. Here are four. Now, does that match up 100% to my title? No, but it's just bringing an idea in. It's not doing Google search of 10 customer experience ideas. It's going, give me 10 ideas from Four Seasons, Chick-fil-A, and this company. It's amazing, but we're only as good as our questions. And in our industry, a lot of our industries, we're going, just give me the quick fix. What can I do better? What can I do better? Instead of those inputs. Right. Well, and I think it also should unleash some real potential in business management in a new way. And by that, I mean, so before, as a customer of software, before I worked at a software company, I was always frustrated by the queries I could do. They were limited. They were basically what somebody had thought about before that somebody had decided was a good idea to measure. If nobody had thought of that yet, I was going to have to pay somebody to build me a custom report because I wanted to look at what time of day do more orders come in or something that nobody else thought was important. Well, now just to be able to, as AI evolves, and to your point, not just take the questions you've always asked about your business and uh-huh, had had it answered with results, but think about new questions to ask that you couldn't get the answers to before. And that's where you can really begin to put that to use for you in new creative ways. That's with your data that you already have, right? Slicing and dicing exactly. it different ways. Yes. And that's it. The power of the question now. It's It's exactly what we talked about. Full circle, Mary, back to the Superman example. All day, every day, I could go like, how do I draw Superman better? How do I draw Superman better? Let's put instead of a blue thing on him, let's put yellow. Let's look at him in this thing. And there's something about that that feels archaic versus just letting your mind go like drawing and going, I'm just going to see how this feels. I'm just going to feel what it feels like to draw this circle and have it touch that one and that one. I'm just going to put red next to blue. I'm going to put some black in there. I'm going to put this color. I'm going to let these two things touch that normally don't. And all of a sudden, something new comes in. You feel a little more able to test something. You're not thinking the same way. Same thing with AI. Pull it full circle. Instead of just asking, what could our closing process do better? Or how could I automate this task more? What you're trying to go is, how does this industry automate that task? How does this industry do this? What does the Four Seasons do to blah, blah, blah? All of a sudden, we're opening ourselves up to just letting our minds go in a new way, not looking for the answer, but looking for things to touch and get a new experience of thinking, and then boom, it hits. So anybody watching this, they could look at those, you know, eight things that I mentioned, those eight dapples of, you know, like physical health, emotional, spiritual. This is stupid. You could you could ask ChatGPT, or you could just brainstorm and go, what's one thing I could do new in each of these areas that could change my life, my relationships, my physical health, my emotional health, a little, stepping out. Because when you become more healthy in those areas, everything becomes healthier. You might not have the business breakthrough, but you have the you breakthrough that's going to break through for your business. Well, Bill, I feel like it's our time because you said it earlier and it's always been a key phrase for me. What if, what if, what if? And, you know, when we were just learning how to store data, manipulate data, reuse data for the core efficiency stuff, while it was 
that was cool and exciting compared to, you know, typing up HUD1 on my typewriter. It was cool, but it, it was always a little restrictive too, which was, you know, square peg, square hole, and don't get too funky with any of it. Don't get too creative. And we're finally getting to where we can interact and, and, and ask those what if questions in new ways and get answers that we've never been able to have evidence before. We might have intellectually known it. We might have anecdotally known it, but now we can get real data evidence that will help us. It sounds funny to say we'll have this terra firma underneath us so that we can launch actually higher. Exactly. As you were talking, I thought to myself, one of the biggest things that our industry always struggles with, you're in the software industry, I'm in the software industry, you know, like we're selling software. It's change, change management. It's you know, I love the idea of getting on this platform, but, and you, you've heard all the buts, you know, but we're in this season, but I have this person who's been here 30 years. They don't, but, but, but. Simply put, what if we took it to AI and asked that smart question too of give me five examples of companies who have encountered change with internal processes and rolled it out with their team and seen amazing results. And all of a sudden now you hear how about XYZ.com faced this hurdle with their staff. They wanted them to do this. And it becomes something that now as a manager or a leader, you go, I got five bullets right here that I can use to go like, here's a point, here's a point, here's a point. Like we're not alone in this change thing. Other people have gone through this and now I'm not alone feeling. It's the questions we ask. It's not always going to go like, how do I do title better? It might be, how do I help my team in change management more efficiently? How do I communicate it to my team? It's your personal coach right there if you're willing to ask. I love it. It's so much fun. And I love that you are taking this on as a topic that you're speaking about. I think that, you know, now that things have slowed down in the market a little bit, we can and need to start thinking in some of these new ways. A, we have the time to. B, we don't have orders running in the door the way they were. So it's time to get a little creative and it's time to ask what if. And and I love that you, you know, through this whole conversation, listeners, Bill has just had a grin on his face the whole time because he's having so much fun with it. And you know what? We deserve to have a little fun in our work day too. It's truth. Like just being able to talk with you on this has been a pleasure. And I like to say this, I love helping people win. I love helping people win. That's like one of my biggest drivers. If I can help somebody win and helping somebody win isn't always just getting down in their job with them. It's going like, you're a person. Like, let's talk about you. And that's where you see the biggest growth. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about how you want to go where you want to go. You're the hero of your story. Like, let me help you get there. And that's where it all boils down to. I know you've helped people today. Thank you very much for coming back. We, we share your excitement and enthusiasm, and I can't wait to see your talk at RQG. Ironically, I'm doing a panel on AI. We're just going to bring it all to Savannah and demonstrate some of this. There you go. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, Mary. Thanks, Bill. I always leave our conversations with more than a little bit renewed energy. You're welcome back anytime. And until next time, listeners, don't be afraid to play sometimes. It can really help your brain think in new and creative ways. Try the exercise Bill mentioned, where you figure out exactly how you can do something very different than your competitors do, and then build upon that. And always do whatever you can to keep your mind nimble and fresh. You just might delight yourself as well as those around you while doing what you do.
because what you do really matters. <laughs>